0: When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com.
1: Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency
0: restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help.
2: We're doing it. We're going on tour. <laughs> boo. Boo. Screams. The crowd goes wild. Boo. 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 Everyone get your best boo ready. Get your best boo. Practice it in the mirror because we're going on tour. We're hitting a city near you. We're going to like 32 in cities all months. over the United States. We're hitting up Toronto, Canada yeah, two months, we're on the road. We're going to all of our favorite spooky spots to see all of you and potentially visit some haunted locations. Or I don't know if our venues are not haunted already. They will be by the time the show is over. We went to the Conjuring House in Rhode Island and have so much to share. It was the best day of our lives. We have video. We have audio. We have interviews. These are all things that we are putting together for a live show for all of you. I feel like I'm going to start crying. I'm so excited. I'm getting a little teary thinking about it. (laughs) Tickets are for sale. Uh, If you go to our website, there are ticket links for every single venue and date on there. You can find it there. Please come join us. It's also linked in the bio of this episode or whatever the description of this episode is. We're so excited. Yes. (laughs) Yes.
3: I almost said we will see you on the other side, but we will see you on this side, hopefully in a seat in one of these theaters.
2: Maybe we'll see you on this side.
3: If you dare.
2: Come join us and Sven and all of the ghostly people with us. Yes. yeah. Enjoy the rest of this episode. Oh, the glasses are on. That means serious business, Mm -hmm, Corinne. mm -hmm. means I was staring at the computer for far too long today and now my head hurts. Oh, I do hate when that happens. I also really like to work in like low light. I love natural light, but I like, especially if I'm writing or being creative, I like a darker ambiance with some candles going, but then it makes staring at the screen almost so much worse.
3: Yeah. Because you're literally, you're ruining your retina. Yes. You're, you're scorching them. with Destroying the light. The but balls. I did see the other day. Someone made a suggestion. This doesn't really work for maybe working in the darkness. Well, I guess perhaps it does, but I was seeing the people were saying that for night lights, you should switch out your bulbs instead of a white or a yellow light, you should get red Oh, because it oh. will help you stay basically. It doesn't, I don't know the science behind what it does to your brain, but basically it doesn't stimulate you in any way to start waking you up. It keeps you in this sort of sleep state. So even if you are awake, or have to wake up, like if you're a new mom or something, you'll more easily be able to fall back asleep after.
2: I do like it just for my, that sounds super spooky type of uh, It does sound spooky. Yeah. I like it. Maybe I'll just have a red room. I wouldn't say it's like a dark room. Have you ever developed photos? Yeah. I took photography class in high school. I spent a lot of time in that dark room. I loved the dark room. I actually never took a photography class. I think I may have made out with someone in the dark room. Oh, yep, classic. And then my sister took photography. So I would go in there with her and I just love I uh, there's something so beautiful and peaceful about developing photos, like the old fashioned way.
3: Yeah. It's funny that you feel that way because I was totally freaked out being alone in the developing room. I never wanted to, I wanted someone next to me developing their photos at the same time because it just felt too low light and too quiet and too cramped. And it was just terrifying. Like you couldn't see people coming in because it's so dark. dark. You can't have the light from the outside room come into the room when you're developing. So there's like curtains and extra doors and it prevented me from being able to hear people come and go. And so I hated being in there alone because I was on edge and I'd be spooked more. But I think
2: if you had your own develop like in your own house, it would be a little less scary. See, I almost feel like having it in my own house would be way more scary. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Wait, speaking of,
2: yeah. I was just telling you that you should get chickens.
3: But <laughs> <laughs> I want chickens so bad, but Brian is not a chicken guy. Mm. And I literally told him, I was like, I'm going to, I always joke about having a bunker, but I was like, now I'm going to have to actually get a bunker to hide my chickens. I'm going to get a chicken bunker <laughs> So I can have chickens, but hide it from Brian. But
2: the chickens want to run free. Put Brian in the bunker.
3: Better idea. <laughs> Excellent thinking. This is why we're teamwork. We're partners. We got you. Great thinking. I said we got oh, you. This is two as- girls... Yeah. We got you. We.
2: My yeah. You and all the brain cells. Yes. This is two girls, one ghost. Two girls, one ghost. And that is your ghostess Corinne, and I am your ghostess, Sabrina. I feel like that sounded weird, but we are your hosts. Hi. Howdy who? We're haunted, and so are you. And that's why we're here to tell you what we do. I tried to rhyme. And and we do we do you storytelling. (laughs) (laughs) Sabrina,
3: do you want to start? No, you start. (laughs) okay okay feel like i'm just gonna warn you what that i chose kind of nicer heart-touching sentimental ones okay so hopefully you're
2: in a place to receive that i will receive but i will not okay necessarily return the receiving end of things okay Yes. Great. There might be some weeping, but I already cried a lot earlier. So oh, hopefully I won't cry now. I do think my tear ducts are dried up from the last year. So we'll see.
3: Oh, have you listened to Noah Khan's extended album? The song about the daughter leaving home. I just couldn't, I couldn't handle love, it. Love Noah. Okay. This is called, I saw my dog's past life death. Oh my gosh. My dog visited me on the night before his passing and his death day, December 3rd. Needless to say, I've cried multiple times those two days. So December 2nd, 2021, I was making some steak for dinner for my mom and younger sister. And coincidentally, I had made steak for galahad for his last meal that same day one year ago oh as i was making dinner i had my laptop on the counter to keep me entertained the stove was on and so naturally it got warmer inside i moved my hand to change the video on youtube and it was colder i thought it was because my hand was away from the stove so i moved it up and down and side to side and as my hand got lower my hand started to get this warm tingly feeling the same height that galahad's head would reach when he was healthier and younger. Aww. I immediately told my mom to come and feel the same area. She put her hand in the same area as mine and told me to move my hand just in case my energy interfered. I did as she told me and felt the same thing, warm and tingly sensations. Ah! Maybe an hour later, I had eaten. I sat down on the couch with my mom and chatted about the podcast, work, and vented in general. I got her into listening to y'all. Yay! <laughs> Yay. pyramid Pyramid scheme. And then it happened. My legs had major goosebumps and that same warm feeling occurred, Mm. but only around my legs. While Galahad was alive, he would nudge our legs and let us know that he wanted to come up on the couch or have his head pat. I cried a lot that night. My dog Loki came up to me to ask for comfort for both of us. Oh, that's so sweet. His eyes were sad like he missed his brother and he gave lots of kisses. The next day, December 3rd, 2021, the day of my dog's passing. I was at work and wearing the necklace that had his ashes in it. I was emotionally aware that that day I wasn't really expecting anything, but low-key hoping that I would get a sign from him that he was with me. It took everything in me not to cry that day at work. To give a little preface to my work industry, I work with cabinetry and sand materials. As I was sanding a piece of wood, I caught a glimpse to the left of my arm, and I saw this long, white, and curly piece of hair or fur that looked eerily similar to Galahad's. What was strange about this was the fact that I had gotten a new car maybe three months after his death and a new hoodie around a month or two ago. All of my clothes since have been washed multiple times and my family and I had cleaned the entire house every day since then. There would be absolutely no logical reason as to how his fur showed up, let alone at my job, which I started working in September of 2021. To add to more of his showing this past weekend, the 4th of December, 2021, my mom and I took a trip to, I'm going to butcher this, toel Utah, T-O-O-E-L-E, Utah where some family lives. We went there to get my
2: haircut. (laughs) I (laughs) love the journey to get your haircut. (laughs) I drive quite far to get my haircut. So I get it. Hey, when you find the right person. You commit to them. My cousin, my mom, and I were
3: all talking about the relationship of my mom and adoptive father. It has not been going so well ever since my family had moved to Utah. My dad, adoptive, who I will refer to as Curtis, has been emotionally and mentally abusive to all of us four girls and especially to my mom. Needless to say, he's an absolute narcissist. I had at one point, not so long ago, given my mom an in-depth tarot reading that pretty much clarified that there is a door of opportunity right now that will eventually close if she does not take action and may not ever get another chance to. This is referring to my mom wanting guidance on her relationship with Curtis. We had both thought that she was the one who needed the company, but we were totally wrong. Anyway, during this drive home, my mom and I were venting about Curtis. Previously, I had said to my mom that I would have to talk to him about how I feel and why I'm so mad and so upset with him, thinking maybe that this will get his butt into gear (laughs) and maybe he'll start working on himself to help the family and be more of a family. That night, I had an extremely strong urge to tell him. It got so strong that I was shaking and I felt like I was going to vomit. Once home... I worked up the courage to tell him how I felt. He left the house and said he would be looking for a new place, but visits my younger sister. I kept my cool while confronting him and immediately cried in my room for only a second. It really sucks when all you want in your life is a father figure. Me and my sister have wanted one since I was two and she was one, and it sucks being the adopted daughter and having to tell your adopted father that he has to be a better dad. After having that little crying sesh, I looked to my left and saw another long white curly fur next to my leg. My dog really is my best friend and I miss him dearly. I'm really glad to know that he's still with me and looking after me during these rough times. I have saved the two pieces of fur in little plastic bags and keep it next to the painting that I'm working on of him. A fun little tidbit, I did some meditation to see who or what is my spirit guide or my totem and Galahad is my guide. Of course, that makes so much sense. (laughs) I know. I always start out with a clear and empty mind when meditating. If you would like to hear about how I found that out, just let me know. Absolutely. We would love to know. Mm -hmm. Anywho, I love the podcast so freaking much that I literally binged four years of episodes in two and a (laughs) half months. (laughs) Wow. Uh, Oh my
2: gosh. Keep up with what y'all are doing. I can't wait to listen to more episodes. Aspen. First of all, Aspen, I'm so sorry that you have had to deal with all of that. And I also really think and admire how brave you have been to speak up and no, you shouldn't have to ask your adopted father to be a father figure. And I'm sorry that you had to do that, but I'm, I know I really, really admire the bravery it takes to say something. And then also to stick up for you, your sister and your mom. Yeah. And also Galahad, my goodness. Callahan! Like, it would be it's one... So sweet. He showed up so many times. Right. And I love that the way he shows
3: up is just these warm, tingling feelings and kind of the sight of like a wisp of fur as you cuddle Leia. She looks like you're cuddling her and she's turning into the microphone being like, Ugh, help me. I just have to continue speaking and you're getting in the way of my work.
2: She is purring very loudly. Let's see if the mic gets it. I don't know why I put my ear to the microphone as if it's not coming through my earpods. I always call her little Little Lay, but she's so big. She's big. She's a big old girl. She's a big girl. That is so incredible. And I I fully believe Galahad is going to continue to show up for Aspen when when Aspen needs needs some love and support. I agree.
3: Visits from pets, they're always the best. And it's just a lovely reminder to even after a year or two years or five years after your pet's death, when you're going through a tough time, or even when you're just kind of like spacing out and vibing, just getting that reminder that you have a guardian, that you have this love and connection with a dear pet, even though they their past, that they can still come and visit you and give you
2: comfort like they did in their lives. Yes, I agree. And for those of you who are watching and listening, hug your loved ones, your little pets extra hard right now give them some kisses, give them kisses from, from you and from us and from all the spirits I just imagine like a bunch of, go- like if I'm, a- I mean, I've said this so many times, but when I'm dead, I am going to haunt cat shelters like no other. And I'm just going to like roll around in puddles of kittens.
3: <laughs> I love that. Because uh, <laughs> all the
2: little shiny lips and yeah. little Grinch paws everywhere, the little, the little purrs too. So so I mean, just think cute. about like, oh, how many opportunities do you get now in your current life to just go spend a day cuddling piles of pets you can't you i mean maybe you can sometimes but you can't do it forever you could if you volunteer and i do at the but i do yes. i do volunteer but like it's not you know you, there's a lot of care you feed them you clean for like after them which is great but you don't get to put them all in a pile and like snuggle up with them and have them climb all mm-hmm. over you mm-hmm. so that is my deadly ghost plan love that
3: plan for you i know where to find you yeah if you go first, or even in my spirit form, I'll just be like, "Oh, time for my quarterly visit to go see Sabrina. I know exactly where she is." But you won't be allergic, hopefully, because you're a ghost, so that's good. Hopefully not. You
2: can be around if me. If so, I'll meet you at the corner. Okay, we'll meet, and we'll then meet you'll also. be allergic to me because we'll my my ghost soul will be full of hair. Okay. Ugh. Now I'm picturing. Are you okay? Yeah. You know
3: when you over drink coffee and it gives you a shudder and you feel like you're gonna vomit. Oh yeah. And that's your body sign to stop drinking, but you can't can't keep drinking and you have a problem.
2: Yeah. I'm there. Well, if you need me to yell at you every time you take a sip, I can do that. Okay.
3: This is clearly my second. It's it's a straw from Dunkin' Donuts (laughs) from my earlier coffee in my Cafe Nero (laughs) coffee cup combining.
2: Well, you're being you're reusing. The straw. So that's good. I'll drink the rest tomorrow. I love a day after coffee. Anyway, I was going to say, I was picturing, you know, how like you can't always see spirits, but I, now I like to imagine that while people most, like most often can't see me, they'd be able to see me after I cuddle a bunch of kittens because I'll just be covered in hair. So it'll just be those like figure in hair, like hairy figure. Maybe that's why people think Bigfoot. I'm Bigfoot. Yes. Bigfoots are actually just ghosts who can't stop rolling
3: around. With cats. With all the puppies and the kittens. Yeah. They just love animals.
2: Okay. So I decided, okay, I'm going to do my like scarier one now because you brought, yeah. Because then I can save a less scary one for the end. Okay. Great. This is called an entity attached to my dad at Drum roll, please. <laughs> Waverly Hills Sanatorium. Ah, our favorite spooky place. Yes. The place that calls
3: us, the place that summons us. Summons. It haunts us in our dreams.
2: And it might haunt us in real life. We will go there. We will. 100%. I'm in. Okay. Macy says, hi, ladies. Macy says, got it going on. Okay. My name is Macy. Feel free to use names in this email, and as always, I want to start by telling you what a huge fan I am of the pod. You make my day every time you post a new episode, and you've also inspired me to start a spooky podcast of my own. Woo! Woo! Welcome! Buckle up. I am writing this as I'm listening to your episode within That's Why We Drink, because I had no idea what a fascination you have for Waverly Hills Sanatorium, and I recently visited there with my dad. We are Obsessed with Waverly, my dad and I have been wanting to tour Waverly for about four years at this point, and we're never able to buy tickets in time before they sold out. We live in Kentucky, so we only have about an hour drive to the property, and it has always been at the top of our bucket list. About a month ago, I randomly decided to look at their website, and there were tickets available for that same day. So I begged my dad to skip out on March Mac- on a March Madness basketball game for the night and go to Waverly because now was finally our chance. Luckily, it didn't take too much convincing, and we were on our way to Louisville a couple hours later. We had tickets for the two-hour paranormal tour, so I was not expecting to experience anything in the short and structured amount of time. But boy, was I wrong. (laughs) (laughs) We arrive about half an hour early and are sitting in the car waiting to be let into the parking lot. My dad pulls two pennies out of the console in his truck and says, we should leave these pennies somewhere in the building so we have a connection to it. To which I immediately said, Are you insane? I don't want anything to be connected to me when we leave here. I (laughs) don't know how that stuff works, but I was not willing to take any chances. So I love that they
3: so badly want to go there. I mean, I totally understand because I feel like we're in the same boat where it's like, you want to see a place so bad, you want to experience the hauntings, but don't you dare bring up the the thought that something would follow you home because that is atrocious and we must avoid at all costs. I also
2: feel like you're Macy in this situation and I'm Macy's dad. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
2: Macy's dad, uh, Macy's dad has got a demon. <laughs> I'm proud of myself for that one. Okay, so I watch my dad put the pennies back and we eventually park the car and head into the building. Once everyone is inside, the tour guides give us an introduction and split us up into two groups of about 30 people. Our group was going to the infamous body shoot first. Lucky us. Mm. But no, truly, I was so excited and not scared at all at this point. We file into the dark tunnel and listen to our guide tell us the history and frequent encounters that occur there. After we all had a chance to look down the steep incline of the chute, we stepped back into the tunnel with our guide about 10 feet in front of the group closer to the drop-off of the chute. She says she's going to turn her flashlight off and see if we can get anything to happen. So there we are, standing in the pitch black while she slowly asks several questions, trying to get an interaction. The very last time, she asks, give us a sign if there's someone here with us. Silence. And then we hear an object hit the floor. Our guide says, oh, something threw a small rock up from the chute. That's happened to me before. What? Excuse me? Come again?
3: But then I thought the shoot has bodies go down. It. I didn't realize that those bodies are
2: throwing things back up. Just wait. But then she turns the flashlight on and says, oh, it's not a rock. It was a penny. That's a new one. <gasps> no, no, I just got chills. Now I know what you're oh my- thinking. Loose change could have very easily fallen out of her pocket or something. But I truly believe this was a legitimate encounter by the end of the story. So starting now, my dad and I are a little creeped out because what are the odds it was a penny after our conversation in the truck when we had just arrived? It could have been a dime, a nickel, a quarter, a rock, or literally anything else, but it was a penny. We continue on the tour and several small things happen as we are walking down the dark halls of Waverly, but nothing too scary until we get to the fourth floor. The fourth floor is known for being where most people have encountered the creeper. And of course, this is the floor that a guide asks for a volunteer on. To no surprise, my dad volunteers. Without knowing what he's volunteering for? Oh, I'm sure he knows. They know so much about Waverly. I'm sure he's just like, yeah. "Yeah." She has my dad walk about 10 paces away from the group and stand in the middle of the hall with his feet shoulder width apart and his arms parallel to the floor like a T, Like this. She instructs the group. To look for shadow figures around him and instructs my dad to tell us if he feels or hears anything. We all stand in silence when suddenly my dad feels something pull his fingers on his right hand. At the same moment, I got extremely dizzy and I was struggling to stand up straight. I don't know if this is because I have a strong connection to my dad who was experiencing things or if it was completely separate, but I immediately became very scared for him. As soon as my dad came back to the group, I tell him I feel like I'm going to be sick. And so one of the guides escorted us downstairs so we could leave. As she's helping me walk down the stairs, she says, don't worry about it. This happens all the time on higher floors. Oh, does it? (laughs) The energy is just really intense. Great. Love that. Within 10 minutes of being outside of the building, I was completely fine. While some weird things happened, I'm so glad that we went to Waverly. It was such a cool experience and we want to go back for an overnight investigation. Mm. But it didn't end there. Full overnight. About two weeks later, my parents went on a road trip to Georgia. They stopped at a hotel about halfway through the drive to sleep for the night before finishing the journey the next morning. It was late at night and all they did when they got to the hotel room was throw their bags on the floor, change, change clothes, and go to bed. There was a small couch in the room that neither of them sat on or placed any bags on. But the next day when they woke up, my dad went to get things out of his bag and noticed that there was a penny sitting in the middle of the couch cushion. He swears it was not there when they arrived. And now we are both convinced that something from Waverly is attached to him because of how pennies continue to pop up in weird ways after that experience. I would love to hear your input on what could possibly be going on. Thanks for reading my story. I will be sure to update you on how this potential attachment unfolds. Good vibes and protection sent to my dad will be appreciated. Macy, good vibes being sent to your dad, Macy. Yeah,
3: all good vibes to your dad and to you. Because of course you say, "No, let's not do the pennies." And it doesn't even matter because the thought was so strong within your dad that the spirits are like, "Hell yeah." But I do wonder, here's what I hope. They were already there, they as it was said. So like the ghosts were like, oh, "We're here. They, they heard were you. We're
2: we're in the pennies now." I do
3: wonder if they've ever experienced anything in their life in their home or even with relatives who passed away where people tend to love playing pranks and being little tricksters because my hope is that it isn't a spirit from Waverly Hills that has now attached itself and and gone home with them but maybe just someone else who is often around them who was like this will be funny this will be really funny
2: well let's keep in mind that not all spirits at Waverly Hills are bad a lot of them are good a lot of them had gone through like really traumatic experiences and probably would love to leave Waverly Hills. That's true. You're right. It almost feels like, okay, this is what I'm imagining. And this is like kind of dark and morbid mixed with some lightheartedness. There's a bunch of these spirits that are stuck in the body shoot, And anytime that someone comes on the property, it's kind of like the show Ghosts that like, they're like, okay, someone's coming, someone's coming. And mm-hmm. there's this long line and they've all been waiting their turn. And when someone comes in and is like oh my gosh, let's leave a part of us here. They're like, (gasps) who's next? And like, they finally, their ticket is pulled and they get to go attach themselves to something and they like get their ticket out of there. Oh, they have a little lottery system. A little bit of a lottery system. So the pennies came about and Macy and her dad came and some spirit was like, it's my number, lucky number, I don't know, 23. And then they attach themselves to the penny and then they're like, Throwing pennies because they want Macy and Macy's dad to know I'm here. You saved me. Thank you. I wonder. I love that. <laughs> I also
3: wonder if they attach themselves to items and someone has to touch the item in order to go home. So maybe they thought, okay, that guy's really interested in pennies. If we throw ourselves in the form of pennies, perhaps we'll get to go home with him. But there, but then again, there was a penny that was home and appeared on the couch. So I don't, I don't know. I don't know. But whatever it is, clearly didn't spook Macy too bad because she's she's trying to go back for an overnight.
2: Right. And it doesn't sound I mean, Penny showing up is not a neg- like that. I mean, hey, who, do, who doesn't want free money, even if it's one cent that adds up over time. So it's not a not a terrible haunting unless Macy has left some yeah. information out. Right.
3: Okay, well, I have one definitely does not involve Waverly Hills. Okay. It is called Ex Boyfriend Turned Guardian Angel. <gasps>
2: oh, are you gonna make us cry? Maybe a little. Okay. 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 Okay.
3: This story is about my ex turned best friend, turned guardian Mm -hmm. angel. For the sake of his family, I'll be referring to him as Joseph. I was debating whether or not to share this, but decided to in case this helps provide some peace and comfort to those who've lost a loved one. In 2020, I had been single for a few years, going on dates with guys and not liking anyone. I was ready for a relationship, but I'm picky, so I didn't want to settle either. One day, I found a 21-day love meditation on YouTube To quote, attract your soulmate. And so I tried it for fun. I stopped after two weeks, but 19 days after I started the meditation, I met Joseph. On our first date, I felt a closeness and comfortability that I'd never felt before. I knew I actually liked this guy after only 30 minutes into my date, and my friends were shocked. Wow. We started dating at the very beginning of COVID, so we spent lots of time indoors. We had quote, Jack and talk nights where we would drink Jack Daniels and talk for hours, getting to know each other. And we loved playing Pokemon Go. We had beach days where we would basically just have a whole beach to ourselves because it was at the very beginning of COVID and we binged so many Netflix shows, one of them being Peaky Blinders. I'm mentioning this because I heard you guys saying that you've watched it on an earlier episode. We loved each other so much, but had a very fiery relationship. We brought out sides of each other that we really needed to work on but we learned a lot from each other. I didn't know what twin flames were, but after learning about them, I think Joseph was mine. We had lots of mini breakups, but broke up for good in May of 2021. After some months, we ended up hanging out again and he became one of my best friends. No, He's the one person I knew I could go to for anything, no matter what, and vice versa. We both had growing to do, but we both kind of knew that we would eventually end up back together again in the end. My mom was hoping so too. Oh. This summer, we started watching the latest season of Peaky Blinders, and we were so excited because it's been two years since we binged the first five seasons during COVID, and waited so long for the newest season to show up on Netflix. Mid-August, he came over to watch the season finale, and we took shots of Jack Daniels every time (laughs) they took a shot of whiskey on the show. I imagine that they were very turned after that. (laughs) after it ended, he stayed a bit longer and we started talking and unfortunately we were both a little tipsy (laughs) when some of our unresolved relationship issues came up into the conversation. We ended up having a huge fight and I told him to leave. The last image I have of him was him storming out of my room out of the corner of my eye. Two weeks passed and we still hadn't spoken. I wasn't worried though, because after our breakup, this happened a couple of times before. If we had a fight like that, we'd let some time pass. And if one of us didn't reach out first, we'd eventually run into each other at our local Target or something. We always quickly talked things out and then would go back to being buddies. Joseph was someone that I knew would always be in my life. And he felt the same about me. Over time, we just knew we were like this sometimes, but still loved each other and knew things would always be fine again. On this particular Monday, I decided to do some Uber Eats and I started delivering with Uber at the start of the year because I was getting in and out of my car so often. So I got into the habit of not wearing my seatbelt because it had become a hassle. Joseph always gave me shit for this. I started my second delivery of the day around 1.45 p.m. and suddenly could not stop thinking about Joseph. I was thinking about him so much to the point that I had to ask myself, why am I thinking about Joseph so much today? At one point, I thought to myself, Joseph would want me to wear a seatbelt. So I put it on for the first time in literally months. On top of that, I kept seeing purple everywhere. I saw two bright purple cars. How often do you see a bright purple car? Yeah, never. I saw purple objects, purple signs as I was driving. And I asked myself, what's with all the purple today? Later in the evening, I went to a friend's house to meet her baby boy. And towards the end of the night, I see that Joseph's best friend added me on Instagram. I thought that was random until I got a DM from him. Oh, no, he wrote that something terrible happened to Joseph and it would be best if I called whenever I got the chance. <gasps> My heart sank into my stomach. I asked my friends why his best friend would send a message, but tears started to well up in my eyes because deep down, I already knew. I ran outside of her apartment in a panic. I gave his best friend a call and I received the worst news of my life. He told me that Joseph had passed away around 1 p.m. that afternoon in a car crash. There were five people in the car and he and two others passed away with him not wearing a seatbelt. Oh my gosh. I collapsed on the sidewalk where I stood and I started wailing. It was the worst pain I've ever felt. I've lost grandparents, but those losses felt like nothing compared to this. They were all obviously much older. They had lived long lives and a big part of me was happy that they were no longer in pain. But this was different because it was so sudden. We were so close. He was so young. I hate thinking about that moment because it's the worst feeling that I've ever felt in my life. I had tears in my eyes as I'm typing this and all of my friends came out and they held me on the ground as I finished this phone call with his friend and his older brother who joined him on speakerphone. My friends decided that I was in no condition to drive. So they told me to leave my car there while one of them drove me to my parents. 30 minutes later, my friend is driving me to the house. I'm sobbing uncontrollably in the passenger seat after having called my mom to tell her that Joseph had just passed away and I'd be coming over to stay the night. Mm-hmm. I sat there crying with this deep pain in my heart and in my stomach when all of a sudden I hear out of nowhere... In the bleak midwinter. If you watch Peaky Blinders, you know that this is the start of a poem that they read at funerals of their loved ones. In the middle of my sobbing, I start crying, laughing. I knew it was Joseph making one of his too soon jokes. Whoa. I know it was him because one, Peaky Blinders was definitely the last thing on my mind. So why would that even pop into my head after just finding out that my best friend died? Mm -hmm. And two, I know it was him trying his best to lighten the mood by being silly, just like he would in real life whenever I was sad or feeling depressed. Fast forward to a couple of weeks later, we celebrated what would have been his 24th birthday on September 4th. And then my birthday rolled around on the 10th. I was super sad because I already don't typically like my birthday. And on top of that, I was grieving. Last year, we happened to be hanging out on the 9th and he counted down to my birthday while in the drive-thru for In-N-Out at midnight. After I told this to his older sister, she brought me a cheesecake on the 9th because she knew that I loved eating cheesecake. She got me flowers and his family sang me happy birthday at their house. When I left, his brother gave me a huge big hug goodbye and told me that Joseph would be celebrating with me tonight. Oh my gosh. I had doubt in my head because I wondered if he'd already moved on to the other side. I drove home grateful, but really bummed out. And once I got home, I set the cake and flowers down on my dresser and I was going to tell Joseph that his family was so nice because ever since he passed, I've been talking to him out loud as I go about my days. So as soon as I got that thought, I began my sentence out loud with Joseph and no joke. The very second I spoke his name, the three lights in my room and the two that were connected to my bathroom all flickered off in a domino effect and then all five immediately came right back mm. on at the same time. Oh, chills. My jaw was on the floor. Oh my god. In the 2 years that I've been in this place, this has never happened. I stood there stunned, realizing that this was definitely Joseph letting me know that he was there with me. I looked around and I said, "Um, I was going to say your family is really nice." <laughs> I then turned my whole body around and I could feel his presence on the left side of my bed, the area he was in when we were arguing on that very last night that I saw him. I all of a sudden felt so happy and giddy. I couldn't see him, but I could feel his presence there so strongly. I could feel him smiling at me. I could feel his excitement, even though I couldn't physically see him. The feeling that we both had in that moment together was like relief mixed with excitement and pure joy. It was like we were both finally getting to see each other after being unwillingly separated for such a long time. I started talking to him excitedly with so much pep in my step. I probably looked like a crazy person because I was pacing around my room, talking to this invisible person with this huge smile on my face. I told him everything I was feeling. I updated him on stuff. I thanked him for being there. I felt him smiling at me so big the whole time, just watching me with admiration as I was yapping away, just like he would in real life when I talked to him about this stuff. And this made me so happy. I kept talking to him until the doorbell rang and my first friend showed up to celebrate my birthday that night. I told all of my friends that Joseph had just visited me and was with us that night. I don't know if they actually believed me, but I could feel him throughout the night while I opened my presents, while I blew out the candles. I'd look to the side randomly through the night because I'd feel him next to me and I'd smile. It was the happiest I'd felt since he had passed. Oh my gosh. It's now been over two months since he passed away. The only thing that gives me peace is knowing the fact that he's here with us energetically. He's been very active in giving me, his family, his friends, all lots of signs. I can't hear his voice like a couple people have, but he'll send me messages in my head at random times like how he did when he told me in the bleak bleak midwinter. I'll also catch whiffs of his smell. One time when I was crying with a stuffed nose full of snot, So please tell me how that's even possible. (laughs) And he sends messages for me and others through song. Oh, that's so special. I know. I think he knows I'd probably write all of these signs off as just me trying to comfort myself through this time of mourning. So he made sure to make himself absolutely and obviously known at least once with the physical sign, the lights flickering, that he knows I would for sure recognize as an actual and very clear sign that it is from him. Something too big to be a coincidence or me just making stuff up in my head. At first, I felt really guilty for how we left things. And I know now that he and I are cool and there's no reason to hold on to that regret. I think he knew I would feel heartbroken about how we left things on that last night. So he made sure that, that I was one of the first people that he'd visit so that I, w- I would know without a shadow of a doubt that he's okay. He's not mad. And he still loves me despite our last physical interaction. I also forgot to mention his favorite color is purple which I realized later is why I was seeing so much purple that afternoon. Only about 40 minutes after he'd passed and before I even knew what happened to him. So that's my story. I thank you for all the work you both put into the podcast. You guys make me laugh and it's been such a comfort hearing the heartwarming stories of those who've passed on but are still there for their loved ones. Your show has been so helpful to me during this time and it reminds me that Joseph is and always will be with me and everyone who loves him until we will see him again. Thank you for reading my story. See you on the other side, your phantom Jasmine. Jasmine,
2: I am so sorry for your loss. But it's like, you know, just how horrific. Continuous signs that you two are so connected, and that he will continue to watch over you. I mean, like the day that he passed away, he was with her immediately. Like the feeling to put her seatbelt on the car. Like right. Keeping her safe. Yeah. Oh my gosh.
3: And just going and visiting her on her birthday and just the feeling like it's such a prolonged interaction, too, right? Where she felt him the entire night. It's not just like in one moment or for a few moments, it's the whole night that she could feel him all around her, following her from room to room. Wherever they celebrated, he was there.
2: Oh my gosh. I'm, it's so heartbreaking. And then I just love how beautiful this bond between Jasmine and his family Joseph's family it like it's just this really really i i am sure that Joseph is so glad that you all have each other during this time absolutely this story i'm about to read is actually to me kind of evidence that we don't really know much and that there is so much more beyond oh. us as okay humans okay this is from our listener who said they we can call them Elena and it is called I'm a human with a fairy soul and many other fairy encounters. Hello, my beautiful badass witches. I love you guys so much. I've been listening to your podcast for many, many months now, and I might be one of your youngest listeners. I'm 15 and my mom and I love to put on your podcast every morning when she drives me to school. I love that. It's a long drive. So getting to hear about the spookies and listen to your banter always makes our morning much better. If I were to describe your energy, it would be like you two are my crazy ghost aunties that love spoiling me with all the different stories you have.
3: I love that so much. Ghost This is aunties. our destiny, Sabrina. Yes. We are ghost, ghost aunties. aunties. I feel that energy
2: so much within my soul. I gladly take that ident- oh. identity on. Ghost auntie all the way. Mm. But you're probably super intrigued by the title I put. I am a human with a fairy soul. Now, how the hell does that work? Well, your guess is as good as mine. I've always been super connected to the Fae and have been seeing, hearing, and feeling them as well as other nature spirits since I was a wee one. It's like they've always been drawn to me. I've had past life visions of me being a small gnome around six inches tall, chilling at my small stone house covered in moss. (gasps) Oh, what a dream. I was invited to a full moon fairy festival, which I'll get into later. I have received messages from countless fairies at many times. I communicate with them on a regular basis and so on. So in my defense, I think it's pretty reasonable answer as to why I think I have a fairy soul. One of the very first encounters I had with the fae that I remember was when I was around 11 years old. I was sitting on my bed, feeling the cold, chilly winter air pierce my skin. It was raining hard and I gazed around my room, feeling extremely at peace. Then at the foot of my bed, I saw a cluster of bright purpley blue orbs appear out of thin air. I dismissed it as my imagination because I tend to see those things all the time until I later realized what it was. Earlier that day, I had reached out to the Fae with an offering of dried berries, water, and a piece of paper with charcoal writing on it. I was hoping that they would receive my message and they certainly showed themselves to me and rather quickly. From then on, my experiences with them became stronger and stronger until it got to the point where I could see them in very clear, full body apparitions. I would always see them floating across my room when I woke up in the early summer mornings, sort of like a, yeah, you're awake greeting. (laughs) Occasionally I'd have dreams where I'd talk to them or just wander around the fairy realm. Basically, in short, the fae are my besties and have made my life so much more fun and meaningful. I care so much about them and they care so much about me. So now that you've heard that, I'm going to get into a few of my main fairy encounters. The first one, the fairy bells. It was very early in the morning, around 6am, and I was awoken by my door being cracked open. And when I looked, I saw a dark figure peering into my room. I wasn't alarmed by it and thought it was just my dad checking in to see how I was doing. So, after the door closed shut, I assumed that since my dad was up, I should be up too, so that I could have some quality time with him. Well, to my surprise, everyone in the house was sound asleep. There was nobody outside my door, nobody in the kitchen making breakfast, nothing. Obviously, I was a little freaked out, but at this point, I was very used to spirits that I just brushed it off as something minor. But then, I heard something. It sounded like an ethereal little jingle that echoed from my kitchen. Confused, I went into the kitchen to see yet again, nothing. As I kept searching for a source, I could hear small little whispers and voices coming from each corner of the ceiling. They were so faint that it felt like I was the only one hearing them. At this point, I had a mix of super excited feelings and super freaked out feelings, but I kept my cool and decided to just sit on the couch in our living room. A few minutes later, I hear more little jingles, but this time right next to me outside the window. I got up and looked around and again, nothing in sight. Later in the day, I realized what the jingling sound sounded like. Fairy bells. I ended up telling my dad later, and since he and I are obsessed with anything paranormal or magical, we freaked out like two little fangirls at a concert meeting their favorite (laughs) singer in a boy band. I love this family so much. I know. The second one, the time I got invited to a full moon fairy festival. This story is quite interesting. I was laying on my couch, scrolling on my phone, just bored and passing time, And I got a really strong feeling after a while, almost like a pulling sensation. It drew me outside to the backyard of the house we were living in at the time. And I just sat down and gazed up at the full bright moon. I felt myself relax, like still water in an isolated lake. The night air was fresh and sweet. And I started to feel myself shift as if I was going into another reality. It's a hard feeling to describe, but everything turned into a slight magenta color. And I felt this overwhelming happiness hug my body. It felt wonderful. After sitting there for a while, I went into my neighbor's section of our house because we shared a small amount of this house with the actual owners. And I took their six-year-old son out with me to experience what I was experiencing. Me and this kid were really good friends, and he became family to me after living there for so long. Before returning to the backyard, we grabbed a bunch of silks and wrapped them around ourselves in a very tasteful fashion. And then we went out to enjoy the evening. I remember sitting down and looking at this huge mango tree that was smack dab in the middle of the backyard. We gazed at it waiting patiently for something to happen. Then we heard a bell ring and the energy shifted once more. This time, even more happy and light. I could feel the energies of small people from sizes of one to two feet tall, dancing, singing, and playing music. There was a band of tiny men playing their hearts out perched on a long branch of the mango tree and cheeky little fairy children running around me and my neighbor's son. All of the energy around us just felt so safe and happy. To describe what they all looked like, imagine shrunken down humans with extremely large, crooked ears, big noses, soft eyes, and wide smiles. Some had rather wrinkly skin, while others had smooth. Their clothing looked like something out of a European folktale, and their hair was long and silky. After what felt like hours of sitting there, but was only 20 to 30 minutes, we got up, and I brought the neighbor's son back inside and excitedly went back to my section of the house. I don't remember if I told my mom about this, but if you're reading this now, she'll get to hear it. Wait, I... Did the neighbor kid see all of this too? I think so. I think so. Oh, I know. God, invite us over. I know. I want to go to a fairy <laughs> full moon party. Invite over. We need to go sit below that mango tree. Yes.
3: Eat mango, hang out, chill
2: with the fairies. Okay, there's Dream. two more stories. The third one is called The Curious Fairy. This story takes place at the same house I lived in At the last story. I was laying in my room, snuggled up in my comfy bed when I saw something under the corner of my eye. It was a tall, lanky, animal-like figure that was peering around my door at me. Its long, furry fingers were wrapped around the open door and it seemed to be hiding behind it as if it had realized I could see it. I don't know what it was doing there or why it was even there, but it felt like a little fella just wanted to say hi or it was curious. I distinctly remember his wide mouth, large glowing bug eyes, and fluffy blue and green body. Something about this entity gave off innocent childlike vibes, as most of the Fae do. Okay, last one. I have so many thoughts. Okay. The last one is called (laughs) the Strawberry Guava Tree Dryad. This takes place at my dad's current house and was probably a year or two ago. I remember I was just upset or stressed and just wanted some fresh air to clear my head. I walked outside and sat on the stoop of our house, looking up at the stars in the sky. My anxiety was really kicking in, and to be honest, I probably wasn't super mentally healthy at the time. But as I stared out into the night, I felt something brush through my hair, and it startled me. I jumped up and tore at my hair because I thought a cockroach had landed on me. But after seeing nothing there, I sat back down, kind of confused. I then closed my eyes and had a vivid vision. I saw a young woman who looked around 20 to 25 with wavy hair made of moss, wearing no clothes and a pale green skin tone and some of the most calming and sweetest eyes I'd ever seen. I got a cooling sensation all over my body and I got the message that she was comforting me and telling me to calm down. I never forget that experience and whenever I go to my dad's house, I always greet her. Sadly though, recently a team was renovating our front yard and cut this tree down. So now only a stump with a few branches are left of her. I know her spirit is still there, but she must really be devastated, so I do my best to still comfort her and greet her. I feel like I have hundreds more to tell, but I think they're too short and would make the email way too long, so I can share them in a future email. I hope you enjoyed reading. I'll see you two girlies on the other side. Lena.
3: Lena, what in the world? This is- I have so many questions, too, because I'm like, is Lena some sort of fairy queen? Is Lena somehow connected to the fairy world? Is Lena a fairy herself like she theorizes with the fairy soul and that she
2: just had the opportunity to get to experience what a human life is like i don't know i mean she for sure is a she's got some connection to them maybe they just like her energy maybe she made a really good offering to them as like a kiddo and they're like you're in
3: what the okay i know i'm supposed to be the cool aunt but i'm also a little jealous because of course you can be jealous i have wanted fairies I wanted to see fairies so bad when I was little. I was obsessed with the movie, A Fairy Tale. I collected porcelain fairies. I thought about fairies constantly. I built fairy gardens
2: and I never got to see anything. Well now, okay, we're now Lena's ghosty aunts, meaning that we have a connection to someone who is connected to fairies. So it's like a friend of a friend of a friend, but like even closer. I just want to see one. Let's go. Lena, tell tell them to visit us. If it weren't weird for us to show up to your house <laughs> with our fairy gear, um, we would
3: our fairy gear, our our offerings. Our- <laughs> Here's a mango from the tree from mm-hmm. Lena's tree. Not our-
2: even- <laughs> We can plant a new tree. We can. Oh, why don't we help plant a tree for this
3: protective
2: oh, spirit? Beautiful. It's
3: so interesting too how they appear and how they almost kind of just let. Sometimes it's like they're visiting Lena. Sometimes they're just almost uncovering the veil and letting her look on to their celebrations and their life and sort of what they're doing. It's so special. It's so special. My mind is reeling. I'm gonna, I need to like reread this email. You should. Just like study what they (laughs) look like, draw them
2: out. It also kind of reminds me of where the wild things are because they're not. Yes, Mm. a lot of them do have the traditional sense of like fae and how they look, but there's that like furry childlike creature who's you know peering through the doorway, and there's the shadow of like the woman with the moss hair, the moss hair. Like they almost feel. Yes, they're definitely fae-like, but I also feel like they don't only fall in that category.
3: Yeah, it's so interesting. Yeah, there's some sort of magical fairy esque world that Lena gets to be a part of.
2: Yeah, and your ghosty
3: aunts are jealous. She basically lives in far, far away, like from Shrek, where there's just all of these creatures and beings. You're in, you live in Halloween Town. Yeah. Oh my gosh, you're right. We're coming. We're coming. Except instead of a stop sign, it's, it seems to be just like a fruit tree <gasps> or just being around lena
2: oh uh, i so badly wish that we could ride the the halloween town bus i know i know me
3: too that's a stop we what gotta would go your to job the-
2: be if you if you lived in halloween
3: town you know there's like the taxi driver oh. there's shop owners movie theater what would your dream job be tourist. in halloween town tourist okay
2: <laughs>
3: you give walking tours yeah <laughs> To the people that already live there. (laughs)
2: Yeah. And then I get to just like walk around all day and explore. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
3: What would you be? I think my job, I would want to light the... (gasps) Well, it's not really a job. I was going to say light the candle inside the pumpkin, but it's always going. It's supposed to be always lit.
2: It's like a two second job, but it's always lit. Unless Caliber comes in and tries to take it away.
3: Maybe my job is just I monitor it. Oh, you you can be the security guard. twice a day, make sure the flame's going, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. say hello to everyone, take photos of people when they're like, can you take a family picture of us in front of the pumpkin? I'm like, oh, "Gotcha." got 40 different angles.
2: <laughs> Tell me if these look good. The lighting's good. best Everyone's over here. Yep. Okay. That's a, that's that's my a job. good one. You make a lot of people happy. Five minutes. And you're keeping everyone I'm safe. done. There we go. Exactly. Well, let us know what you would like your job to be at Halloween Town. We can uh, start our own version of Halloween Town with our little phantom community. Send us your emails, but, but in real life, it's like Lily Dale, but just yes. for people who. So we're cult. We're agreeing that we've just created a cult. <sighs> it's Coo-coo-coo. always been one. Let's be That's real. Coo 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 Email us your ghost stories, your paranormal encounters, your fae encounters, whatever it may be, to two girls one ghost at gmail.com. Rate and review us on iTunes. Join the pyramid scheme. Come join us on Campfire Stories on Patreon, which is so much fun. We do it every freaking Tuesday. And it doesn't matter what tier you're in, as long as you're a Patreon member, you can join all of those.
3: And a few weeks ago, we basically had a live seance. So you can watch that back if you missed it.
2: Yes. We have news that will probably be Shout coming Shout out to our editor. Yeah. Yes. Christina, thank you so much. We love you. We love you. And we love all of you. All of you. And we will see you on the other, other
3: side. side.